0: Okay, this is the third and final installation this year of the Purim podcast brought to you by the Fox Winners, And this one is going to be about the mitzvah of listening to the Megillah. Um, and just to mix things up, I'm going to read the questions this time, okay?
1: Okay, but I don't have anything to say, so you're going to be talking the whole time if you do that.
0: Uh, okay, you read, you read the questions.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, would you bring elementary school age kids to the Megillah reading if you think they can sit still? Question number two, is it really true that if someone sneezes, I have to hear it again? <laughs> Question number three, do I have to fast until my husband comes home and I hear the women's Megillah reading at <coughs> 10 p.m.? Question number four, should adults dress up on parem? I don't know what that has to do with the Megillah. Ideally, should your identity be concealed, like with a mask?
0: I don't think it has anything to do with the Megillah. We just have to throw it into this podcast. I'm here. Okay. So, yeah. uh, okay. So let's, I guess we'll go in order. Should we go in order? Or let's add go in order down. because it's. Probably, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, would you bring your elementary school uh, age kids to hear the Megillah? Um, so, let me let, I'll let the Shohan Aruch answer that. Um, Tafresh paid Tess. Minhag Tov, Lahavi Tanim Uktanos, lishmoa Mikra, Megillah. That is the Shohan Aruch speaking. End of some in tough race pay tests. It is a good custom to bring boys and girls to hear the Megillah. There, that answers your question. <laughs> yes, however, the Mishabura adds um, that um, it depends on the age because if you bring kids that are too small um, for this mitzvah at least, and they're going to be disruptive. Um, then obviously, that's, then that's the age of which is too young. So, if a child is the, the premise of the question was if you have school age kids, you think they can sit still, then yes, then for sure you should bring them in. So, it's a, it's a fun thing, it's a great thing to do. He also adds, Mr. Bruce also adds here that um, a parent parents should sit with their children um, and to ensure that they're following along or not disturbing other people. I actually mentioned that specifically because uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I remember which kids it was and which families it was, but a couple years ago there were a bunch of kids sitting on the steps of the main show right by my seat on the left side and I have no idea where their parents were and Rabbi Feldman and I actually had to take turns trying to quiet them down in the the middle of Megillah. It was pretty distracting. Uh, But that, you know, um, I'm sure their fathers or mothers were attending to something, but ideally we should have the kids kids next to us watching us listen and, you know, a a nice... Family listening experience. But the Mishapur adds here that, yes, when you get to Haman, if you're not at a groggerless reading um, that was um, innovated last year, so if you're not at a groggerless reading and there's an opportunity to bang for Haman, so you should do that. And Rashay Akaton Lakoso Kimin then the, the child should also bang away. But he adds, That shouldn't be the main thing that he's coming to show for. He's coming. To listen to the Megillah along with you, it's an exciting thing. Um, and yes, you can also bang hummin, but that's not the entire thing. So to answer the question, yes, bring children as long as they're not disruptive. That was question one. Anything to add?
1: That if they if that if they will be disruptive and you can bring them, that you can incorporate the Megillah and should incorporate the Megillah into their day. And talking about the is that Megilla, an advertisement
0: for the kitty the children's Megillah reading?
1: It wasn't, but now it can be. Plug. <laughs>
0: um,
1: it can. But the. Um, we can. I meant, you know, the, the Magilla
0: reading at twelve thirty in the main show. Okay.
1: For real, it's at twelve thirty. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. It's probably not, and then we just advertise. Check right your time. flyers. Okay, so um, we shouldn't think that if a child is too young to come to the Magilla, that that's the only opportunity to incorporate it into their day it seems like a shame that they should be learning about the Megillah for weeks and weeks beforehand. And then because they, if they are going to be disruptive or if we're nervous <coughs> disruptive and they can't come to the Megillah, which they shouldn't because other people need to be able to the mitzvah, that they learned about the Megillah for weeks before. And then on Purim, there was no mention of Haman or oh. Achashverosh or Lehav Mordechai and Esther. Yay. It is, um, that would be a shame. So if the children are too young to come, and even for the children who do come, making the Megillah a point of conversation over the course of the day is a wonderful thing to speak about on Purim. And you can make it interesting and out of the <coughs> box, like asking, you know, which character do you want to be? So obviously for Esther. every... right, I would some I want to find Esther. And then to Not say maybe... I didn't make an maybe, I want to be
0: Esther. Oh no.
1: Oh no. And then maybe to say... Um, well, if you were living at the time of Purim, do you think you would have wanted to you know be Queen Esther? You know people who don't know,
0: know us also listen to this podcast?
1: Can you please stop? <laughs> and then to ask them, well, if you were living at that time, do you think you would have wanted to be Queen Esther? What would it have been like to be Queen Esther then? And these are questions that can really spur fun and interesting and deep conversation while you're doing other things, while you're accepting Michel, <coughs> And then the Magilla the can be part of their day. If they're and it's each child according to their age. So if you can't bring your children to Megillah reading, you can still bring the Megillah to them.
0: That's a nice line. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so all that coughing in the middle was leading to our next question, which is what if someone sneezes or coughs and you missed a word? Um, so what's the alacha? So the alacha is you have to hear every single word of the Megillah, and the reason for that halacha, or a reason—I don't know if it's the other reason—a reason for the halacha is because the idea of uh, listening to the Megillah is that the Megillah represents a story that um, can be read um, if you don't pay close attention. It could be read as just a story that happened, a histor- an interesting historical account. And if you read carefully and slowly and intently, then you realize that it wasn't. It's not just this, uh, this uh, you know, this interesting. Uh, happening, um, historical account, but that Yad Hashem, Hashem is really behind everything. So that's the kind of the idea of making sure you pay attention to every word, every step along the way. It's a beautiful tapestry when you zoom out and look at the whole thing. So you can't miss a single word. Uh, So what does that mean? That means you can't miss a single word. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of uh, very often people call and they're nervous. You know, did I miss it? Did I not miss it? So first of all, night reading is more lenient than day reading. So you can be less nervous about not reading, but really, you shouldn't be nervous at all. Um, Eliyash is quoted as having said that uh, what's the level of concentration that one needs if you could be stopped at any moment and say, what well, was just read? And you can answer um, you know, what you're up to, then that's enough. Obviously, we should try to pay attention more closely, but it's hard, especially at night after the fast. Um, you know there, are, there could be moments in which you're not totally focused. Uh, there's another tip I think uh, I heard from a Berkowitz who said also in the name of the that if you put your finger on the place uh, and you follow the entire way through, that's a sign that you followed the whole thing because otherwise had your finger get there to the right place. So that's just a nice practical tip to ensure that you follow along the whole way through. So if somebody sneezes or coughs, what should you do? You can fill in words on your own. You yourself, without holding a kosher Megillah, uh, if you miss a word, just say it quickly. Now, you have to make sure to say it quickly and catch up to the person reading the Megillah because you can't read the Megillah out of order. But if it's a word or two, it should be pretty easy to do. To fill in that word you think you missed usually, usually does not happen that often. Just even if there's a kid, um, there's a child banging, hung, humming for too long, or that guy in the back who thinks he's funny with a bullhorn, and he does it like one more time and you don't hear a word. First of all, usually you do hear the word. And second of all, you can you can easily fill in on your own. So that's answering the question of you have to hear every word. Anything to add? No. Hmm. Interesting. Um, What other questions do we have? Do I have to fast until my husband comes home? Um, This is obviously a wife asking this question. She's going to listen to the... uh, the wife could be a husband, that the
1: wife goes to the first Megillah reading.
0: Right, but if, if the question is my husband.
1: I'm just saying that the same. The scenario could be reversed, yes, be agreed.
0: Reversed. So uh, someone going to a late reading, the 10 o'clock reading or whatever it is, it's pretty late, 10 o'clock. kavod um, for going out. And uh, anyway, so the um, the answer is that um, even aside from the Titus, from the fast day of, of uh, Titus Esther, um, Megillah is one of several mitzvahs, many mitzvahs that are so not supposed to eat beforehand. Uh, a mitzvah that has a certain start time because we don't want the Chazal didn't want us to become distracted and miss out on the uh, on the mitzvah. So there's halacha that you shouldn't be eating before several mitzvahs uh, um, recorded in halacha, um, and uh, one of them is Mikra Megillah. So you're not supposed to eat before hearing the Megillah at night or the daytime. However, a couple of things. First of all. That's talking about eating a meal, like bread and cake. Uh, The Mishabruah says even tasting other foods should be avoided, but if a person feels weak, as many people do after fasting for a whole day, then you can have those other foods. Just not bread and cake meal-like things. Uh, You can have other foods. Um, And by far the best option, if you can work this out, is to set an alarm or to have your spouse who is coming home to remind you Go out and uh, hear the Megillah, and uh, then you don't have any fasting restrictions. So the basic answer to the question is no, you don't have to fast until you hear the Megillah. You should avoid meal-like foods like bread and cake, and uh, try to have as uh, just you know a, a more moderate amount to ensure that you're not weak and that you can uh, hear the Megillah with uh, refreshed, renewed strength uh, if you need that. So that's answering the question of you have to fast. Um,
1: costumes.
0: Costumes. What do you do, by the way? About costumes. You no, know about uh, fasting. I-, I don't know. Okay, so because... listen to, uh, to this podcast.
1: Well, no, um, it's never come up in Israel. You, in Israel, the fast does not lead into Megillah reading.
0: Yeah, in Yushalayim Yeah.
1: In Oh, right. In Yushalayim not um, The fast doesn't lead into Megillah reading. <coughs> and here, I didn't fast. For two years because I have a baby
0: okay so we'll see what happens this year um, I think this is the final question for this year's uh, podcast and that is about dressing up costumes so it's interesting it doesn't really appear in halachic sources the concept of dressing up except in the context kind of in the negative concept context Not I don't mean negative about dressing up but the, um, the Ramah mentions this trying to find it. And the Ramah mentions it in the context of uh, cross-dressing, of having men dress up as women and women dressing up as men. And he writes, he cites two opinions, if I remember correctly, uh, if that's permissible or not. Um, and the Mishnah Brewer cites even according to the even according to Ramah, who uh, maintains that it's permissible, but it's better to avoid that. Um, you know, maybe if you're going to wear one uh, item that's like the opposite gender, and it's very obvious, then uh, he would say that's okay. There are differences of opinion. But the point is that the, this is mentioned, the concept of dressing government is mentioned in this context, and the Ramah mentions partzufim. partsuf is a, a countenance or a face or a mask. Uh, so that's where it's mentioned. The Ramah clearly mentions very old minhug to dress up and specifically to wear masks. Uh, You know, the idea behind it, they say, is because, once again, the story of Purim is a series of events one can see on the surface, or you can view it on a deeper level. Hashem is hiding just below the surface, behind these natural events. So to mimic that, to conjure up that feeling, that imagery, so we hide ourselves as well. And I would add that just like the idea of listening to the Megillah is to bring out Hashem from behind the scenes, perhaps... Performing, fulfilling the mitzvahs of, and the minhagim of Purim will help bring ourselves, our true selves, out as well. So, is there a, 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 there's a strong minhag to dress up? It's not a halacha, it's not required. Uh, should it be a mask? It uh, seem, seems like there's an old minhag to, have, uh, to cover your face and wear masks, but it is not obligatory, but it's definitely fun. And I think that does it, right? Anything else?
1: Yes, thank you for listening.
0: Thank you. Afraelich happy birthday.